This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Uh, greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It's the Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man, Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. We're presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. Don't forget about us and tune in and tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Harry is in Colorado. Who knew that that state for one weekend would be the epicenter of college football and all of it has everything to do, Harry, with Deion Sanders. And most of it has nothing to do with Deion Sanders. And here's the best thing, Freddie. I'm in Colorado and I'm sober, right? <laughs> I'm sober. Supposed, what's that supposed to mean? I have not intaked anything. <laughs> I am sober. As far as, you, <laughs> as, far, as far as you know, you can get a contact high. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just walking around thinking everything's fine. Also, where are these dragons coming from? I didn't realize rainbows are made of purple. Oh, my God, what have I done with my shirt? That's all you need. <laughs> but it's a, it's a wonderful time here in Colorado right now. Um, college game day is here. First take was here this morning. Pat yeah. McAfee is doing his show live. Uh, he did his show live from the college game day set as well. And all the fans out there excited for this moment. And I can't help but think about this program and the vision that Deion Sanders had when he took this job. And he posted a video this morning on his Instagram story about him walking out when he first got to Boulder, Colorado, right? And you hear fans that leaked into the stadium uh, calling his name, calling Shador's name, and right. him just taking in that moment along with Shador Sanders, the quarterback of the Colorado Buffaloes. And for it, for this program to be where it is now, he always knew. Everybody else didn't always believe and know. know but, but Deion Sanders always seen this for this program. That's one reason why he wanted to take on this challenge. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but even Deion Sanders could not have taken into account that this would have happened week three in the college football season. He wanted his team and let everybody know it's going to be a new dawn. It's going to be a new day. We're not going to be those 1-11 busters. That's why I ran all those guys out of here from 2022. That wanted a brand-new team in 2023. Even Deion Sanders was as transparent as possible when he was on first take and he was asked the question, how did we get here with your team after two weeks of college football being a hot ticket in college football? We believe. I mean, Stephen, we, we have a wonderful plan. We have wonderful support staff. The coaching staff is impeccable. And the kids that we went out there and targeted to come, as well as the ones we brought in, we just believe. Regardless of the noise, regardless of the naysayers, we truly believe in what's inside that locker room and what's dictating those plays. And now we truly believe in the, the student body and the fans and, and what we're creating. We just truly believe. I felt like I was at a church tent revival. And the right <laughs> Reverend Deion Sanders said, friends, I'm in need of your attention. <laughs> I want to know how many believers are out there that want to believe in Buffalo's football. We believe. Friends, I don't think you heard me. I want to know who Freddie, believes out there in Colorado football. Everything that's happened for this program is magical. I'm at breakfast this morning and, you know, first take is on the TV at the restaurant that I'm eating at. But yeah. I hear the people beside me looking at the screen, talking about Dion, talking about Colorado and uh, to my left and then people to my right. And then you look at everyone in the restaurant and how tuned in the first take the, uh, mm-hmm. those people were because, you know, college game day is here in Colorado in Boulder. Right. They're so excited to to be able to have a winning program right now, uh, they're at an all-time high, no pun intended. Yeah, by the way, well done by you, number one. Number two, and I firmly believe that Jay Norvell, the Colorado State head coach, 
he fell for the banana in the tailpipe, like from Beverly Hills Cop. I'm not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe. He fell completely for it. And I get it because on Tuesday, he said that he could not have complimented Deion Sanders enough. What he did with Colorado football, turning around that program, Harry, that quickly in two games. Hey, this is great for college football, what he's been able to do. And then the next day, he got in touch with his inner Kevin Hart playing to the people out there and saying that we're sick and tired of this. It cannot be easy for Jay Norvell trying to get his program started after the year they had last year at Colorado State. Then all of a sudden, you have this sunglass-wearing, hat-fedora guy who's not going to take those, those things off when he's talking to quote-unquote grown-ups, and everybody's talking more about that program, and they're more successful sooner than what you've done. Jay Norvell fell for the scene. He fell for the banana in the tailpipe, and that's why. So we're sick of those guys. If anything, it makes this game even larger than life. Then really, realistically, what should be the case with a Colorado team that's ascending and Colorado State making sure they are not a descending program in the same state. And, and originally, bef- before all this happened, you look at Colorado and you see the next two games that they have versus Oregon and also USC, right? Big games at Oregon, then they have USC at home. Kayla Williams coming to Boulder, Colorado. And you say to yourself, I hope they're not overlooking Colorado State and looking ahead. But when Jay Norvell gave them this bulletin board material, I no longer feel that way. Because, see, where, where things really went sideways is when he ended it with, my mother raised me that mm-hmm. way. So now Dion and, and, and company, they're taking it like, okay, he's t- he's basically saying that, you know, Dion's mother didn't raise him that way. Absolutely. And we all know how much he loves his mother and how greatly and how highly he speaks of her and how she's one of the main reasons that he is in the position that he's able to be in right now to this day. So now it has become personal. For the Colorado Buffaloes. And now, you know, that man has two sons in Shador and Shiloh playing for the organization, for the program, and they got to answer questions about, you know, their father. And the Travis Hunter got to answer questions and everyone that Deion Sanders brought in. So this game is personal. Uh-huh. And this is the same team that just gave up 50 to yeah. Washington State and Cameron Ward. 50. Cameron yeah. Ward threw for over 450 yards. I believe 440 yards Okay, in, in their first game. So just imagine – <laughs> what Colorado wants to do to Colorado State, and I don't think the brakes will be hit at any moment in this ballgame. It's going to be all gas, no brakes for Colorado until that final whistle blows, and even then they might want to try to add another score if they can do that. They want to hang more than half a hundred on Colorado State because you're right. Deion Sanders even said, man, this is just going to be another game, a great game, but now it's personal. Personally, that may not be a good idea or a good thing for Colorado State by the time 1 a.m. Eastern time happens because that game kicks off at 10 o'clock on Saturday. That's part of the weekend preview here on Freddie and Harry, brought to you by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance, so do yourself a favor. Go to GEICO.com today. So we got that on Saturday. But when it comes to Sunday, well, we know what that's all about. But we go back to Thursday to get you ready for Sunday, courtesy of... The main thing, the main thing. 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 The main thing with Freddie and Harry. You knew what it was going to sound like and what it looked like, but that was not the case with that sideline quote-unquote blow-up involving Eagles wide receiver A.J. Brown and quarterback Jalen Hurts. And the coach, Nick Sirianni, he had to make sure that nothing was going to escalate anyway. You knew the minute. And I knew the minute, Harry, that I saw that last night. By the way, he's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. The minute I saw that and A.J. Brown being very demonstrative 
And Jalen Hurts saying, you know what, I got you. I got you. My bad, my bad. And then Coach Nick Sirianni, the Eagles, getting in the middle of that. I just started shaking my head because I knew how much of that was going to be a talking point more than the Vikings being 0-2, losing back-to-back one-score games, or the Eagles being 2-0, but not looking like an Eagles team we thought we would see look a lot better, even though they were 2-0. Yeah, and, and I'm here to tell everyone, Freddie, because I've been in those locker rooms. I've been in those shoes before. This happens on numerous of occasions within a football team, right? Where guys have these disagreements and one player may be feeling some type of way and he wants to get it off his chest. It, it, it happens. And Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, those two guys are best friends and they're going to be fine. The only thing that I wish is that A.J. Brown wouldn't have did it at that moment. Mm-hmm. Right. You can do it in the locker room. And I understand everything is not going to play out that way. But he had an incident like this last year when they were romping the, the Giants. Yeah. Right. And you're winning that football game last night in the offense. Yes, it's been sputtering. But you got to realize who you're playing against. You're playing against Brian Flores, who's a disciple of Bill Belichick. And they gave y'all hell last week. Right. It made things difficult. So when the defense is only rushing three people and they're dropping eight. Yeah, it's not going to be many, many throwing lanes like that. And when you look at, you know, A.J. Brown and his targets, he had six targets last night. Devontae Smith had five. So it's not like, you know, a lot of people got targets like that. Dallas Goddard had seven targets, but he had six catches for 22 yards. Mm -hmm. There are going to be nights where he's going to be able to be the top dog, but when you have another number one wide receiver like Devontae Smith, some days it's going to be his time. Some some days it's going to be Jalen Hurts. Or like last night, it was DeAndre Swift who rushed for 175 yards and a touchdown. Right. Right. I really felt like watching that ball game last night, that they, the Eagles had to get back to rushing the football. Mm-hmm. Plus yeah. that offensive line Absolutely. of the Eagles don't look like the offensive line of last year when they're pass protecting. Well, they can't look like that, Harry, because everybody has more film of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. And you know this. The more film you have in the team, the more you can try to highlight things that they may not be good at when it comes to blocking or whatever they have to do. I think the Eagles found their identity again because I don't know what the Eagles were last Sunday against the New England Patriots, but that's not the Eagles team. That was those rough, tough bruisers from Broad Street that were going to intimidate teams and impose their will on those teams. But when it comes to A.J. Brown, no matter if he was right or wrong, it's a bad look, especially when you're winning. You're not winning, and let's say you had zero targets, ball's not coming your way, you can be frustrated, and I get that. But they're winning the football game, and all of a sudden you go over there, and it looks like you're acting like a child Meanwhile, the adult in the room was your quarterback when it comes to Jalen Hurts trying to calm you down, and he wasn't about to be calmed down. It's a bad look for a guy that we know is their number one wide receiver. But if anybody should clearly understand, because he didn't want to deal with this in Tennessee because he felt he should be a number one guy and paid like one, Tennessee didn't do it. He goes to Philadelphia, and he was number one immediately. He's going to get his targets. But when you look like that, and it sounds like that, and the appearances like that, and you're winning the football game, you are going to look the worst for the wear when you're A.J. Brown, no matter if he was right or wrong in that deal last night, even though they beat the Vikings. Right, and you never want to put your quarterback in a situation where, especially when you have one as good as Jalen Hurts, right, who majority of the time makes the right decisions, makes the right reads, but you don't want to put him in a situation where now, oh, I, I have to throw the ball to A.J. Brown now or yeah. he's going to – be upset or come to me about A, B, C, or D. So now you're forcing things, and now turnovers happen. Mm-hmm. Now I get it. A.J. Brown, and, and, and I've been there. I've, I've, I played wide receiver. I played with some high-quality wide receivers in the National Football League. But it's, it's, it's a way to do things, and especially when you're winning, when winning is, is above everything else, 
the 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 conversation should have been had in the locker room. The conversation should have been had today when you're watching when you're watching film, or or when you're kicking it with Jalen Hurts and y'all guys are one on one. You Smitty uh, and 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 Hurts. If all three of y'all are together, that's when the conversations need to be had, not on national TV when everyone is watching. Because I know it's not going to be a big deal, Mm -hmm. but that's not what the public eye sees, and that's not how they're going to take it in as well. No doubt about that. Devontae Smith at this is about a win is a win, and meanwhile, Jalen Hurts says a win is a win, but. You know, our confidence is still through the roof. Um, we believe in ourselves. Um, you know, just it's part of the game. You got to, you know, iron some things out and things like that. It's never going to always be pretty. Um, you know, that's part of the game, man. That's, that's what you love about it so much is that you get a chance to go out there and, you know, make things right. And I think this is the sky's league. Um, and sometimes it is quarterback versus def- defensive coordinator. All the time it is. And so it's an adjustment. Everybody's going to try and find the best way to attempt to slow us down. And it's about how we respond to that and how we execute. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's all over the tape that um, what we're capable of, you know, and, and everybody's nobody, – nobody wants A.J. catching balls down the field or Devontae catching balls down the field or um, – the threat, and it's about uh, being able to attack those things, even though they have that in mind. And so that's that's a development thing for us as an offense. And I talk about that identity that we're um, yearning to find. Identity, that's the big thing, right? And when you you're going into games and you understand that defenses aren't going to let you just throw the football up and down the field and embarrass them, so now they're on Sports Center over and over again, and people are questioning those defensive coordinators you have to result to the run game. And I've been around enough offensive linemen. Those guys would prefer to run block over pass blocking because now you get to move a man from point A to point mm-hmm. B against his will and be nasty and bury him and pancake him yeah. and take a poop on his lawn. Okay. Walk, in his, walk in his house with dogs <laughs> on his shoes and step all over his rug. That's what you basically get to do. And you look at last night, you talk about 259 yards rushing and three touchdowns for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now that run game started to open up the pass game more because now Safety's got to come down and watch. And when soon as safeties get, you know, a little nosy in that box, and uh-huh. Devontae Smith, boom, right. touchdown on the post. Right. They found their identity last night, rushing with 259 yards. DeAndre Swift was fantastic. But can you imagine what this conversation would sound like if the Minnesota Vikings did not have those kind of plays that can cost you football games? Justin Jefferson, one of the strongest handed dudes in the National Football League. Fumbles the ball at the pylon. It goes into the end zone touchback. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. He was dialed up last night. The, the punt return. The, the punt return. The Vikings lost last night. Don't blame Captain Kirk. He had nothing to do with that. He did his job. The offensive line failed him at times where he's running for his life. They get that strip sack where they get a fumble. The Eagles have a deep in Minnesota Vikings territory. And many people wonder about Justin Jefferson. Well, not many people. One person in particular wondered about the rule, the end zone touchback rule. Because that deflated the Vikings where all of a sudden they're trailing 10-7. They don't get that touchdown, take a 14-10 lead. The Eagles turn that to a field goal. They're going to halftime 13-7. That started a 17-0 run for the Eagles, but he went 27-7 before the Vikings scared them to death. But Evan Cohen, co-host Unsportsmanlike, with him, Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, he basically said that rule is one of the dumbest rules in sports. The fact that the other team gets the ball without possession is the dumbest rule in sports. I'm talking about on field, on court, on ice. I'm talking about the X's and O's of sports here. It is the dumbest rule. For whatever reason, the NFL has decided that if you're going in to score a touchdown and you fumble the ball out of bounds, 
that for whatever crazy reason, the other team gets the ball <laughs> without ever having possession. It makes absolutely no sense, and you cannot find a rule in the NFL or any other sport that is dumber than this rule. Evan, stop. Number one, here's the deal. Hey, Justin Jefferson, hold on to the football. Ding, 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 ding. If you, if you hold on to the damn football, you don't have to worry about the touchback rule coming into play. That's number one. And number That's two, simple. why should you get a second chance? Because you messed up on the first time. The guy on the defensive side forced the fumble on Justin Jefferson. So let's not reward the defense. Let's reward the offense. You know what? We're sorry you fumbled. We're going to give you the orange slices and the Coca-Cola <laughs> at halftime, even though you shouldn't get them. Evan, I love you, partner. That's ridiculous to say something like that, that you should get a second chance because you messed up and fumbled the ball on that first instance. No, I'm with you, Freddie. That's why when you go into the week for the game on Wednesdays, right, and you're in a team meeting and the head coach says, okay, offense, here are three musts. And the first one, just about every week for offense, is protect the football. Absolutely. Protect the football. Now, when you move (laughs) over to the defensive side of the ball, you want to know one of the musts on their list? Create turnovers. That's why it's brought up in team meeting rooms. That's why you have to value the football when you have it so things like that don't happen. And I would say this, if the Minnesota Vikings valued the football and took care of the football, they could easily be 2-0 right now. They could. It was the turnovers against Tampa. It was the turnovers last night. And I even tweeted, if they keep turning the ball over at this rate, they will easily have the number one overall draft pick and draft Caleb Williams. You don't have to worry about Kirk Cousins in his contract. Because if you your chances of winning when you turn the football at a, uh, over at a high rate are slim to none. Slim to none. Either way, Evan. I hold myself in contempt! Why should you be any different? Yeah, that's what we do here. In the, <laughs> the Freddie Harry Court of Law, he's out of order when it comes to that. But you're right about Kirk Cousins and what he was able to do with 364 yards and four touchdowns. It wasn't his fault that they lost. But I was on my friend's show, Roger Wild. He does Roger Big Board Sports in Albany, New York, on 104.5 The Team. I do a hit each and every Friday at 1130 Eastern Time. So you're in the Capital District, tune in. And the conversation came about Kirk Cousins going to the New York Jets. And I said, why would Kirk Cousins want to go somewhere and start over for a team that knows that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back in 2024? He has successful surgery this week. Zach Wilson is going to be starting quarterback. We don't know how long that's going to last. We'll see what the events are going to take care of when it comes to that. But I know if I'm Kirk Cousins, I'm thinking, I, I don't need to be a rental. I don't need to do that and start <laughs> over. And then Aaron Rodgers is coming back. I'm not going to be a backup. Then I'm going to wind up going back to Minnesota. And anyway, it doesn't make sense for Kirk Cousins. And for damn sure, no matter what kind of dire straight the Jets may be in a quarterback, it doesn't make sense for them to do that and give a draft pick, a high draft pick for a guy that's not going to be in your long-range plans. And that's not a guy, in, no matter how good Kirk Cousins has been, Harry, that's not a guy I believe you go all in right now to think you can get him to the Super Bowl. I still don't think he can do that. Now, to add context to this, I believe Kirk Cousins has a no-trade clause in his contract, so he would have to sign off on that, number one. But I would say this, though. I'm going to look at the next few games when you look at the Minnesota Vikings and they have the Los Angeles Chargers next, the Carolina Panthers, the Kansas City Chiefs, Chicago Bears, and San Francisco 49ers. You see how things play out within those next few games, yeah. right? Yeah. If mm-hmm. they get to a zero and four, a zero and five type situation, and you're Minnesota, and you understand that you have this contract situation with Kirk Cousins coming up, is it better to try to, you know? But what's your backup plan? 
What, what do you mean? If you if, let's say I'll play along, Uncle Freddie's gonna play on my left. You Harry here. Oh, you talking about who's gonna be the quarterback after he leaves? Right, with Minnesota. It doesn't matter because you're banking on getting the number one and number two overall pick, so you can draft your future quarterback. That that bank's empty. If I'm the Minnesota Vikings, that may be a bank that you can't trust because players. You know, this players don't want to hear that. Hey True. guys, tank so we can get Caleb Williams or Drake or, or, or May Drake May out of North Carolina. Players don't want to hear that. It's about what's going to be for me that stay with this team and stay in the National Football League. Organizations can make a trust-the-process kind of decision all they want. There are going to be plenty of players like, wait, if I'm Justin Jefferson, then I'm really getting the hell out of there if that's going to be your tactic well, I, I don't know if you're getting the hell out of there if you're going to be drafting Drake May or Caleb Williams now. If we're talking about Caleb Williams, a guy that a lot of people are comparing to Patrick Mahomes, and we see the magical things that he's doing wow. in college football. So I don't – in an offense where Kevin O'Connell is running and they're going to be throwing the football all over the place and you can have these off-scripted plays wow. and you have a Jordan Addison on the opposite side who's ascending and showing that promise too – I don't know. I don't know, Mr. Freddie. I, I don't know, Mr. Harry. That's a lot of faith in the unknown. <laughs> and the whole, no, but you, like but they you're said, right. The redemption. You're Hope right. and wishing's not a plan. Players do not think like that when it comes to the game of football. They think about the name on their back, the name on the front, and providing for their families and what they still got to go out there and accomplish and do. But let's just hypothetically say that offensive coordinator calls things that doesn't allow you <laughs> oh to get in the end zone. Here we go. Or that defensive call de- coordinator calls some vanilla defenses <laughs> to the, that allows the opposing team to get in the end zone. Where's the buzz of <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings to get out of this conversation? <laughs> Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together. Hit us up anytime you want on Twitter at HDouglas83. That's my man Harry's handle, my handle at Coleman ESPN. 15 minutes from the real when it comes to Zach Wilson replacing Aaron Rodgers for the rest of 2023, maybe, as quarterback of the New York Jets. That reel happens in 15 minutes. And what's the reel when it comes to the used-to-be Washington Dan Snyders? One of their own will tell you that they may be more for real than you think. Next on Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. It's never too early on a Friday for a love song. That's what Love Friday is all about. 
Got my man Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Close the door. I was going to say, I've waited for you so you can come on in. Let me give you what you've been waiting for. Look out now. Look out, ladies. Look out. out. Anytime I think of this song now, I think of the Nutty Professor. (laughs) I waited all day long. (laughs) And then he started yelling out for making all that noise from the neighbors in his old building before he got skinny. So plenty of people wondering about the noise when it comes to Washington Commanders. Are they really on the for real? Well, if you ask Brian Robinson Jr., the outstanding running back, he'll tell you, oh, hell yeah. It's a pleasure to have him join us here on Freddie and Harry. Hit him on social media at Brian R underscore four. And Brian, everybody knows about the headlines in the offseason. The new offensive coordinator, you have Eric Bieniemy, his coaching style. According to reports, some players didn't like it. But you co- you were coached by Nick Staven. How much does Eric Bieniemy, the way he goes about things, remind you of the guy that you played for when you played at Alabama? Oh, well, uh, honestly, uh, Coach E.B., you know, he has a lot of, you know, similar styles to uh, a few coaches I had during my time at Alabama. You know, uh, you know, Saban was one of the hardest coaches I had, but, you know, I had, a, a few, you know, a few coaches, you know, that kind of coached me hard, and uh, like Michael Loxley and uh, uh, Burry and Burns and, you know, um, Robert Gillespie. You know, those are a few names of, you know, guys that kind of coached me, you know, with a similar style to, you know, Coach me so, you know, it's something I'm you know, pretty familiar with, you know, uh, nothing too much different, you know, same kind of style. You know, uh, I like it, though. Coach Loxley, he's a good one. I had a chance to meet him this summer up at Maryland when I went and visit their team. But I want to pivot to your quarterback, Sam Howell. He's now, you know, leading you guys from an offensive standpoint. What's been your early impressions of Sam Howell so far? Oh, uh, man, I, uh, I love Sam. I love his poise, man. He just – you know, he just stick with it. You know, um, you know he has great intent. His intentions are, you know, great. You know, for our offense. You know, what he want to accomplish. And uh, I think he just, you know, he goes about, you know, preparing himself so he, you know, play to the best of his ability. And, you know, that's, you know, something I see in him. That's something, you know, you know, our entire offense seeing him. And I feel like he will continue to, you know, make the strides needed to be a great quarterback in his league. How much did it really help that you needed that? Because the Arizona Cardinals last week, B-Rob, they didn't make it easy. Six sacks, they forced three turnovers. They were all over the place, but yet you never backed down. Your quarterback never backed down. How key was that to have your quarterback dealing with that kind of heat and definitely not folding under that kind of pressure? Well, you know, that's, that's always great, you know, as a quarterback, you know, as a captain, you know, to, uh, you know, to take lead, take charge, you know, uh, you know, for you know very dominant offense and, you know, just – you know, uh, continue to, you know, overcome the adversity, you know, whatever you're going through, you know, turnovers early, early in the game and, you know, just, you know, to dig down deep and just overcome and, you know, uh, show that fight and that grit, you know, to finish, you know, and finish the game, you know, and, uh, you know, there's always something, you know, exciting to see, um, you know, young players, young quarterbacks in this game nowadays. When you look at your football team, the Washington Commanders, you look at offense, defense, special teams, you look at the coaching staff, you guys have new ownership now, which is a great thing. Praise the Lord. Um, (laughs) When you look at all these things and you come into the season and everyone is talking about the Giants, everyone's talking about the Eagles and the Cowboys, and not many people are talking about you. But when you dig deep down inside and those guys that you're practicing with every day and you, you, in the off season you're going to the weight room and you're doing everything you can to be successful, what do you feel like is the ceiling for the commanders in 
Uh, honestly, man, I, I, I don't see the ceiling, man. I feel like we can accomplish, you know, anything we, you know, put the work in for. And, uh, you know, the guys around the building, they know that we, you know, we, we, we've been doing a great job of just getting on the same page in the building. Like, we, we, we feel all the, you know, the changes and the differences and, like, you know, with, you know, everything that's new going on around the building. Like you said, new coordinators, new ownership, you know, just a whole new energy about, you know, everything we're doing. And, uh, like, we we on the same page with that. We, you know, we, we good with, you know, people not having much to say about us now because, you know, it's, you know, it's time to line it up and, you know, you know see, what, see what everybody about. Right. So, uh, you know, we love the doubt. You know, we just, we continue to, you know, you know feed off of that, continue to build on the, you know, you know what's new, and you know what's coming in for us, and I think we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be okay. Brian Robinson, Junior Washington Commanders, running back with Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. You're also gonna be more than okay this Sunday. You play the Denver Broncos because you get Chase Young, your defensive end teammate, back. He just said four words: "I'm ready to rock." Quote end quote. We know what a dude that he can be, but other than that ability, what else do you really need from him that's going to show up that you believe in full effect on Sunday versus Denver? Uh, man, I just need Chase Young to, you know, be himself. And, you know, um, whatever he's dealing with, you know, internally, I just need him to just, you know, let all of it out, you know, just, you know, be himself, you know, in and out. You know, and that'll be, you know, everything we need, you know, from, from Chase. Just literally just go out and just, you know, play, just be himself, be open, be loose, and, you know, just feel good to be back out on the field. And, and I'm pretty sure as soon as he, you know, he smelled blood, <laughs> he gonna he gonna go out for it, you know. Uh, that's what type of player Chase is, and uh, you know I'm excited, and I'm sure everybody else in, the, in that locker room excited for uh, what he can do for our team. B. Rob, man, you've been through a lot of adversity the last couple of years. What's the journey been like for you to overcome so much adversity and become the player and the person that you are today? Man, the journey has been. Man, it, it's, it's been a blessing, honestly, man. I've been through so much, but it just taught me so much. Just, it taught me how to fight and just, you know, overcome, you know, adversity, no matter, you know, how how big or, you know, whatever you're up against, you can overcome if you put, you know, you got the right mindset and, you know, you uh, to put in the right, you know, the work. And uh, I appreciate everything, you know, you know, my journey has taught me. And, you know, I'm I'm still learning, you know, every day. Uh, and I just I expect to just keep you know making those strides and in the right direction. How much did you think? I mean, you played in the NFL 46 days after sustaining multiple gunshot wounds to the leg. How much did you think that hey, I might not be able to come back and be in the NFL? Man, uh, that was something I kind of I thought about you know pretty often, but uh, I wanted to show myself. You know, it was more. It was more something I wanted to prove to myself more than I wanted to prove to anybody else that, you know, I can still play in this league. I can still play, you know, at a high level in this league. And uh, I can still be productive in this league even after, you know, coming off of what I just came off of so so soon. And, you know, uh, I didn't really care who who had, you know, lost faith in me or still believed in me at that point. I still just – I just wanted to prove to myself that, you know, like all the work, you know, everything I put in, everything I overcame, you know, to get to this point in my life. Uh, I just want to, you know, show myself and prove to myself that, you know, I, I deserve to be be here even after, you know, coming out, you know, after the gunshots and stuff. Brian, I worked with College Game Day, so I covered a lot of your games while you was at Alabama. 
and also watched you closely in the National Football League, you have this physical presence to yourself, man. Where, where that physicality comes from? Because I, you don't shy away from contact, and you are known for punishing people who get in your way. Well, where does that come from, my man? Man, it's, it's, it's football, man. Like, <laughs> like I'm like I, I just want to be like my mindset type, you know, player. I, 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 I choose to be. You know, I want to be one of the most physical guys on the field. You know, regardless of position. And uh, that's just one, you know, one way I've trained my whole life as far as, you know, just um, finding ways to attack my opponents, you know, and uh, finding ways to, you know, weaken, you know, my opponents. And, you know, that's just been one strategy for me that's always worked and something I also enjoy doing. You know, I enjoy being field squad uh, from start to finish because, you know, uh, you know, the best the best going to win in the end. So, like, when, when I be field school, you know, Consistently against defenders, you know, they tend to wear down. And, you know, that's just part of, you know, kind of, you know, my mindset of, you know, how I, you know, choose to attack. Wow. Fantastic. By the way, Brian Robinson, Jr., the Washington Commanders, will be in action this Sunday. They're going to try to go 2 0. They go on the road to face the Denver Broncos. An absolute pleasure to talk to Brian Robinson, Jr., running back the Washington Commanders. Hit him on social media at Brian R underscore four. Keep on, keep on, Brian. Thanks a lot, my friend, and good luck this Sunday. You play Denver, okay? Thank y'all for having me. Appreciate you. And we appreciate you. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry. And Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show today on ESPN. And he has these four words for you about his comeback. The Freddie and Harry podcast. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on this Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio. The ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80, and don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. One of the kind of love songs Aaron Rodgers listens to, Harry. Devin Kane, our producer, brought this up, and I'm thinking, I don't want to say it's like a power battle, like White Snake or Poison. Taylor Swift. You think it's Taylor Swift? She got a song called The yeah. One. Okay. I think it's more along. He may, he may be a Tony Bennett guy. Okay. I can be going like old school Tony Bennett. I can't seem to listen to Madonna. Do you think there's a chance that Aaron Rodgers listens to, like, 90s R&B? Do you think there's no, a chance? No, no, <laughs> no, no. In, in the words of that vulture from Bugs Bunny, oh, no, 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 he don't listen to 90s R&B, no, no, no. He don't do that. Now, nah, but right now he had a chance to have people listen to him. He was on the Pat McAfee show earlier today on ESPN after having successful surgery after he tore his Achilles Monday night on the fourth snap of the game of his New York Jets career, even though the Jets came back to win that game to beat the Buffalo Bills. And Pat McAfee wanted to know, hey, Aaron, what's next? He replied with these four words that are going to drive him to be sure to make sure he's back on the football field. Give me the doubts. Yes. Give me the doubts. Give me the, uh, the timetables. Give me all the things that you think can, should, or will happen. Because all I need is that one little extra percent of inspiration. That's all I need. So give me your doubts, give me your prognostications, and then watch what I do. Give me your doubts, your prognostications, your hate, and your, your timetables. Yeah, exactly. He wants all the smoke from anybody that 1% believes. 1% of extra motivation. Uh-huh. Keep going. Yeah, he, Man, Aaron Rodgers trying to – listen, he, the way everything was going, Freddie, it's, it just, it's just right for him to come back – and try to accomplish what we knew he had a great opportunity to do in 2023, right? It's just delayed, right? He, he, he ran into that speed hump. Dream deferred, in other words, right? In that, in that speed hump, you know, mm-hmm. messed up his uh, front end. Yeah, speed bump and got And now I got you. he got to go get the 
the Ford truck fixed, <laughs> and now he's gonna come back. Do you think brand Aaron? New. Do you think Aaron Rodgers drives a Ford? Nope. He's he looks like kind of Prius kind of guy. <laughs> or a Kia. Or I don't know about Kia now. Wait a minute, I don't know. Man, about Kia, that one. listen. I don't people know. try to steal Kias left and right because the key fob situation. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shannon, what do you say? Shannon Penn said something, and uh, and I, I wish I could read your lips when we said about Aaron Rodgers. What did you say? I got a Kia. What are we doing here? Shout out to the Tell Rock crew. We out here. Because he looked annoyed when I said, I don't know about a Kia. I will all anybody, if you're listening right now and you drive a Kia, tweet oh, me and Freddie. Oh, Lord. Here we go. Why do you want him to do that for? Just let him know what the car buying public I wanna is? Give, I, I want to give a special shout out to all my Kia lovers out here. That's it sounds like you're trying to angle for a free car is what you're trying to angle for here. Oh, well, you know, they say <laughs> you have not because you ask not. That's what the Bible tells me. <laughs> Oh, my Kia lovers, I love y'all too. <laughs> Shannon, this is your fault. No, this is really my fault for paying attention to Shannon. I, I should have just paid attention to Harry, but Shannon looked visibly annoyed when I said, nothing against Kia. Did you hear him, though? I have a Kia. Oh, that's not what he sounds <laughs> like. Wow, wait a minute. I got a Kia. I got a Kia. What do you mean? I have a Kia, too. Right now with the business, we have no business being at No Way Boulevard and you're not out of your mind Avenue. That's where we are right now when we talk about Aaron Rodgers and what's going to happen with him. But he says, hey, bring all the doubts. A lot of people have that when it comes to the guy replacing the quarterback, when it comes to Zach Wilson. There's nothing but doubts about him. About to play the Dallas Cowboys and what we call the Freddie Coleman Bowl because those are my two teams. New York Jets on one side, Dallas Cowboys on the other side. <laughs> for 25 Eastern time. Hey, Cedric the Entertainer was on the show yesterday. He has two teams each in the NBA and the NFL. I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm going to tell both of y'all that are ridiculous. We don't want to hear it. It's such an entertaining. You went Uncle Sid. I went Uncle Sid. If a Hall of Fame comedian and a new book author can have two teams, then damn it, so can Freddie Coleman. That's how that's going to be. All right, and you my boy, so I'll, I'll let you slide. Yeah, you don't want to. It's grudging. You don't want to do that as far as that goes. But, but I'll tell you, when it comes to this game this weekend, it's, I think this is going to be a defensive matchup. Right Absolutely. When you look at the New York Jets and what their defense polls, we all seen on Sunday Night Football how terrible the Giants looked. Sorry, Deb, i got to let you know again. How terrible the Giants looked <laughs> against the Dallas Cowboys defense. And when you look at a guy like Zach Wilson, he has to play well. He doesn't have to do too much, but I, I also don't want him to be on a leash, right? Absolutely. Because I, I, he's going to have to make plays in this game in order for the Jets to be able to be in it and also have an opportunity to win it. But I'm putting a lot of stuff on Nathaniel Hackett as well. He's going to have to – he should not be sleeping right now. Absolutely. And if he is sleeping, <laughs> it should be one hour at Forum Park. Is that how you pronounce it? Forum Park. <laughs> where, Park where the Jets practice at. That's exactly where he should be sleeping. So he can put Zach Wilson in the best positions possible to, to be successful on Sunday versus the Dallas Cowboys. You have to lean on Brees Hall. You have to lean on this run game. He was phenomenal in his first game back since tearing his ACL. The only player in the National Football League, Freddie, that had two – explosive runs of 20-plus yards or more. So lean on Dalvin Cook as well. You brought him in free agency for a reason. Now is that reason to lean on those guys? You might have to go, you know, 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, two receivers, 13 personnel, one back, three tight ends, one receiver to really get done what you want to get done. Run that football right at Michael Parsons and see if that Dallas Cowboys defense can stop the run, something they had trouble doing a year ago. The word trust comes to mind, and you mentioned it in terms of what kind of trust Nathaniel Hackett is going to have part of this game plan when it comes to his quarterback because you're going to have to do things differently with him, not just what he didn't do with the Jets in the past, but because he's now the guy instead of Aaron Rodgers. But even Zach Wilson understands that word trust. 
and a lot of that has nothing to do with being the quarterback of the Jets on the field. I don't think I need to think of it like that. You know, I think how I can go out there and play football will earn that trust back from those guys. And, you know, I, I would say I have a very good relationship with everybody in this locker room. You know, we joke around, we, we lunch together, we go out for O-line QB dinners. And so, you know, I would always feel like the guys in this locker room have my back just like I got their back. No matter what. The one guy that has that, yeah, so do I. The one guy that has to have his back is Zach Wills has to have his back. To be completely honest with you. And what he said that my play can gain a lot of that trust back. Mm -hmm. I I 1,000% agree with that because if he's able to go out there and deliver the football and make plays on second or third down and put this team in a position to where this defense can be dominant and they're in the game, Mm -hmm. even if they lose it, I think his teammates will trust him at a higher level more so than they do right now. They can't baby steps with him. Not just Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator, but even Zach Wilson. You can't baby it anymore. Not in modern times no. and not in the position that you're in with that defense, that running game, and those guys on the outside. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together, thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. Hit us on social media at hdouglas83 and at Coleman ESPN. The Dion effect and how's that being felt in the state of Colorado, plus our NFL Week 2 questions and answers, too. This is ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.